0: Hey folks, welcome to The Crude Life. We're going to get to the exclusive interview in just about 10 seconds, but first I want to tell you about an American Energy Worker Special. If you go to MyPillow.com and insert the promo code OTIS, that's O-T-I-S, you can get an amazing deal right now on a six-piece towel set made with USA cotton for $39.99. It's $110 value, yours for only $39.99 with the promo code OTIS. The six-piece towel set plus many other exclusive amazing deals at mypillow.com just use the promo code otis please enjoy this exclusive interview thank you for joining the program here today in route back from qatar and turkey via fargo to bismarck boy you just keep planes trains and automobile in it don't you sir Trying to drive the economy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. Well, what's going on today now? You just got back from uh, Turkey Guitar. My guess is you're probably briefing people, huh?
1: Well, actually, I'm in a, I am just finished a meeting with the grain dealers this morning and into the afternoon. Then I uh, had a trade office board meeting. Just finished that, and I'm en route to Bismarck because I have another event uh, this evening. So, yeah, no no mosses growing under this rock.
0: No. Well, let's talk about the reason that you went over to Qatar and Turkey. It was obviously to further and strengthen some relationships with Qatar and uh, Turkey with their economy and agriculture department as well, I would imagine, but also energy. So what what happened in the world of energy? You also sit on the industrial commission, so you had a lot of different perspectives from it.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, well, in fact, because of my duties and responsibilities, I touch uh, business development, uh, water, uh, infrastructure, energy, oil and gas, transmission, plus uh, agriculture is about 40% of my portfolio, believe it or not. But it is. Uh, it gives you an interesting perspective when you're sitting at the table visiting with them. So most of what we were dealing with were government to government meetings. Um, there is some aspect to what they do within their government that looks at foreign direct investment that considers other projects in multiple areas around around the world. And with North Dakota, since we're so diverse, they were interested to know some of our our bio refineries, uh, renewable projects, uh, carbon projects, things like that. I think they. Uh, they were a bit intrigued and interested and wanted to know more about it. And it takes time before one really decides what they want to do and how they want to move forward in their portfolio. Uh, others have asked, you know, so are they interested in oil and gas industry? Well, the reality is they have oil and gas interest in their own country. They're, they're not necessarily interested unless there's something unique that comes to the forefront on it. That's not to say that they wouldn't be in the future. Uh, Maybe there's something that piqued their interest. But the other part of it is uh, we took some companies along that do deal with ethanol production, that deal with uh, waste into energy, that deal also with unmanned aerial systems. And those are things that can benefit and provide value, you know, Not only in their country, but it's also an opportunity to look at maybe some potential investment going forward.
0: How about the net? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to mention
1: also, they have a very unique structure over there, also. They have uh, a government agency, an entity that uh, it's uh, kind of a food agency within the government. And although they don't compete with the private sector in the event because of food security, this organization, this, this agency will go out and procure food simply based on the fact that uh, they can't have disruptions. They, they need continuity and consistency in their system. So, they have at times intervened when the price has gotten too high or at least the private sector has said, well, we can't, we can't buy these products or we can't do anything about the price because it's too high. They'll actually go out and procure uh, product for the local market. They'll, they'll you know, then sell it into uh, the retail or the wholesale level so that they can at least put uh, stability into the prices on food. That was interesting. And uh, we did share with them the numerous commodities that are grown in North Dakota, some of which are staples in their diet. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll certainly consider it, like they said, price is a component. Quality is definitely a component. And if you can align both of those things Uh, There's some real potential. So we'll see where that goes, also.
0: Wanted to ask you about natural gas and uh, some of the oil and gas activity out there as well. But uh, did did want to just ask about the ag side of things because one of the trips I remember that you've done or that that you went on or you were a part of at least uh, in some capacity was I want to was it Bosnia or? Where, where was it you guys were introducing beef because horse meat was their number one? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, that's it. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's, uh, there's a few other countries where you know beef may not be real prevalent and they have to rely on local supply of uh, goat and sheep, which are big in a lot of our countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Chicken's also another one. But yeah, in that situation, uh, Kazakhstan is a big beef eater, and they have a limited amount of it. So they're slowly building uh, capacity in their country.
0: That that was one of the uh, actual real world modern day examples that educated me. I mean, you guys were bringing Weber grills over there, teaching them how to grill because <laughs> they were they, they were boiling horse meat and all these other things and. <laughs> Well, it, you know, for, what was I, probably, I don't know, 30 years old or 35 years old as a journalist, that opened my eyes, like, whoa, this is modern day here we're talking about. And so, yeah. you know, that's an example of uh, North Dakota being a, a global leader in a lot of different ways. Uh, the, the other, I just wanted to mention that horse meat and the beef story. Are, are they beef in Qatar or is that primarily uh, chicken and goat? So, uh,
1: sheep. Sheep. Some Beef. They do beef, um, okay. Yeah, they. You will find beef. You will find uh, sheep. Uh, didn't have any goat this time. Definitely no. chicken. Chicken seems to be the staple all over the world. Probably because it can be raised in very, in a very small environment. It could also be raised locally, domestically, and uh, it's generally very affordable. So, and it has a a quick turnaround. Um, Depending on where you're at, how they're being produced, raised, Uh, you can look at, you know, a timeline of 80 days to 110 days, just depending on the nutritional quality of the feed, things like that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting.
0: You mentioned uh, that a lot of Qatar has a lot of their own oil and gas reserves and supplies, and and everything where where America or American companies and oil companies, at least from my understanding, where they were doing a lot of their work in Qatar was helping them build infrastructure, pipelines, and just getting their, their oil and gas infrastructure uh, ready. You know, mobile comes to mind. Exxon comes to mind. Um, Exxon. Exxon was it. Okay. Yeah. Talk to me a they little were bit. were the first ones
1: back in the seventies to actually, you know, uh, develop their oil and gas reserves. And if you think about it, just 40, 50 years ago, these were Bedouins. They lived in tents. Mm-hmm. Uh, their cities now have new streets, new buildings. Um, yeah, it, it's, and in fact, somebody, you know, the people designing the engineers and the architects never thought about sidewalks and, and what space should look like so people can move so they've actually built uh, buildings and blocks without any sidewalks and uh, they've now caught themselves and they're having to go back in and try to redesign some areas and especially new construction now has sidewalks into it i know it's hot over there but there are times that people will go out and walk or at least need to move from Point A to Point B, and it may not be very far, and and we'll do that.
0: Has, there, has their government talked about this? Uh, the the global climate change pressures or the divestment away from oil and gas? I mean, you just mentioned, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, tents were real. That that was a real thing over there, and the quality of their life has just. Well, people can see it in one lifetime. They can see how much it's just exponentially changed. We can see it in North Dakota on some of the reservations for real, too, some of the Native American reservations. We've been able to see the, the quality of life increase exponentially. Yeah. How, how's their government handling this kind of this pressure from the climate activism and all that stuff?
1: So realize that in their country they don't have much of that uh, because they're they're still very well aware that they once lived in tents just one generation ago. And food security is a big deal, economic and uh, energy security is certainly right behind it. But they tend to look at themselves as being, you know, a responsible government and responsible people. So they're trying to look at other ways to conserve and and uh, be a part of the equation. And that's why when I said that it's understood, hydrocarbons are part of our life. I know some people don't like that and some people want to change. And that's not to say that we aren't agents of change and we might not, and we may move that way. but the reality is, oil and gas are driving their economy but they also look for ways to invest in other things and do it in a methodical, common sense manner without trying to push things or demand or uh, you know state that it has to be this way and put mandates in place. They're trying to get there in a uh, very responsible way. And, and that's just the types of investments they wanna Make and take just simply because they see what the world's doing, so they're going to take advantage of it.
0: Is Qatar is Turkey similar to Qatar? Do they do they have much difference in terms of ag or energy? Uh,
1: don't know much about their uh, energy aspect. Uh, agriculture. I mean, it, it's a arid, dry place. It's got some beautiful cities, and it has some places that. Uh, they actually do some uh, production. Uh, they are, they're innovative and creative. If you think about Istanbul being the bridge or uh, what many would call Eurasia. I mean, it, it connects Europe and Asia and it has been a transformation point. Now it's changed since uh, they've gotten a new president about 10 years ago And it's challenging some of the people and the culture and the values, Uh, but they are still pro American and there are people interested in investments or investing. And sometimes you got to be a bit cautious about what that looks like and where it fits into the scheme of things. Um, But there's some, there's some good companies over there that actually, have very good relations here in the U.S. and there's companies that add value to products that come from the U.S. only because of their economy, their labor and just the overall cost of uh, doing business because they're not heavily regulated.
0: And kind of just wrapping up here, as I look at the clock, you mentioned the, the, the biofuels. So I do want to ask about that. Are are, are they doing renewables, whether it be ethanol or green LG or any sort of, you know, mixture of ag and energy together, like, like a biofuel or anything? Not in their countries or their respective countries, but
1: they are interested in what's going on um, in other parts of the world. The one thing that has... And I've been hearing it more and more the last year. Although it gets challenged from time to time, countries that are interested in investing in the United States because we have the rule of law. Now it makes them a a little concerned when you see protests going on in in uh, states and in cities where it just goes where it's locked down and it isn't dealt with that the rule of law is thrown out the door and the protesters can do whatever they want. Uh, that, that worries them a little bit, but overall they talk about the rule of law that people don't just get to change things because they don't like something or they don't believe in it. Then, uh, that, that worries them cause they see that in other places in the world. So they have some security, and knowing that there's due process and there is a process that exists in the United States. So that really interests them when it comes to actually making investments. We may be one of the last few places in the world where rule of law actually applies and uh, it may actually attract more investment globally.
0: That's, That's an interesting ironic twist. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I appreciate the update Dri- drive safe, you got and uh, you know it's um good luck out there it's uh, it's it's a uh, global economy's happening fast right before our eyes.
1: Yes, it is.